Hey, hello there, Dan, and welcome to everybody else, everybody who's listening, or maybe you even got the pleasure of being able to watch. I mean, that's where the real money is. That's right. So we're here at at day four uh, devotion, and wherever you're watching from or hopefully listening from, uh, want to just thank you for participating with us as we kind of do this meditation every week. And today we are in core 32 uh, the incarnation, and uh, you know that's that's a word that comes up usually uh, around Christmas time. Yeah, absolutely. It's not one that's necessarily um, coming up in everyday conversation. It's another like as we've done a lot through Core Fifty Two, we're looking at kind of these these Bible words, these these core theologies. Just before we run too deep into it, you know, we talked about this being a weekly thing. Like like where what happened to you last week? Like where were you? What, what's going you know on? What? Uh, you, you could say that uh, after last week's episode, everybody was just blown away. Ah, you, you could say that, man. Yeah. I, like, I'm, oh, I'm glad to see that you were in a place with uh, electricity. And uh, you know what? We, we have electricity, but we run on Holy Spirit power around here. Yeah, yeah, that's good, man. Well, that's you know, good. like so today, I mean, obviously, you know, podcasts are not live today while we're recording this. Uh, it is October 4th. And today is my first day. Uh, with power uh, where we are. And so we are going to be in the process of moving back into our home, uh, my wife and I and our four children and dog. And, you know, it's uh, it's been an interesting, we'll say, a little stretch. Uh, but, you know, we, we really didn't have any damage to the house. There really wasn't any damage to the property. Uh, we were just without power for a while, for, for 10 days, I guess. And so you know, we are, we are blessed among people. We were able to to stay in a spot that had power and, and housed us well. So uh, certainly praying for those who have been uh, displaced or have been affected by the storm. And uh, hopefully we can get everything running and back to normal soon. Yeah, absolutely. No, I was, I just, uh, I didn't want to run back past that too quick and know that this is going to be a power loaded uh, episode here. As I say, we're talking about these theological words and we've looked at some dandies, you know, over uh, uh, from everything from, from predestination to election to, uh, you know, all, all kinds of, and we got more to go. You know, I think about like, you know, when we get to the finish line, I'm sure when we get to revelation, when we talk about dispensationalism, and premillennialism and all these fun things. And today we've got another one ending and end. We've got the incarnation, which as you've said, is, is not something that we talk about a lot. We do talk about it around Christmas time, especially like if you've gone to a, a Christmas Eve service or a special service of some kind, you probably looked at John chapter one, verse one. And sometimes I, I worry that, you know, where we just read that at Christmas, a lot of times it's either part of a reading or part of a responsive reading. And we don't really stop to explain what's being said there, the way that that mirrors Genesis or even what John is trying to accomplish. Um, in his gospel, you know, that's where we are in core 52 right now. You know, we've been working our way through the scriptures and right now we're in the gospel of John and John is kind of unique uh, among the gospels. Yeah, he is because so Matthew, Mark and Luke are what we know as the synoptic gospels because they are so similar. And yet we have John and John is much more poetic and, you know, abstract. And even, even his stuff is not necessarily in chronological order, and he kind of begins with this, you know, incarnational poem almost. And it's beautiful. And like you say, I, I think that this is a word that like a lot of other Bible words, sometimes we hear it, maybe even we use it, but we use it a bit timidly. 
because we don't really get the implication. You know, look, I'll, I'll fully, I fully admit that, you know, when I was a young person uh, growing up and you, we would do that reading in church in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with the word in the beginning. I did not have a ghost of a clue that the word was Jesus. And if I didn't know it, Dan, I know you didn't. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, you were always taking me under your wing, like showing me stuff. That's the way I remember it. uh, (laughs) In seriousness, I mean, that, that word, if you know, we got to remember John's audience, he's writing to the, uh, to the Greeks and and they're like that logos, like that, that, uh, that word was, was so significant, this essence of life that that's who Jesus is in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. John's gospel, as you said, like, it's just, it doesn't put things in chronological order. He's got these different patterns. Like there are seven I am statements that Jesus gives are like, you know, I'm the bread of life or I'm the living water. There's seven times in the book where he just simply responds. I am in order to uh, kind of identify with God. And again, John, John is, is trying to tell you something. He's trying to paint a picture for you. But again, I, and the only reason we kind of bring all this up as we come into our first verse is because as we often say, context is king. And I try not to get into that, you know, I, that preacher hat. I want to wear it all the time. And I know that's not what we're doing here, but it does bring us into our first scripture, which is John chapter one, verse 18, which says, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the father has made him known. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is like, this is, this is God making himself known in the flesh, in the person of the Messiah. And that's really, you know, incarnation is, again, one of those Bible words. You think like, well, do I use it or am I using it right? And, you know, it, it sounds like it's really got to be complicated. And it really isn't. Like, it, it's really, you know, I mean, like there's lots of implications, of course. But it really is, it really is just God putting on humanity. And I, and I say putting on humanity because we don't want to just have it like that he was, you know, wore it like a costume, right? Right. That, that is like, you know, I mean, I know it's October and Halloween is coming up, um, but this is not like he's not putting on a mask or he's not appearing as a man or disguising himself as a man. This is our God incarnate, fully human. Right. And so what, what we have to understand with that is say, okay, so does that mean like, is he still God? Yes. And so you could say, okay, well, is he, is he kind of both? And is he like 50% man and 50% God? And the answer is no, he is 100% man and 100% God. And this is, this is tricky for us, right? Because now we're getting into another great Bible word, which is the Trinity, right? Right. And uh, you you and I were talking um, before this started and and I've said it, I've said it a hundred times. The fastest way I know to become a heretic is to try to explain the Trinity. And I've seen some, I've seen some humorous attempts. Look, you know, and maybe, I, I, uh, I won't sing out the name, but I mean, I know you and I are thinking of the same story. And there was this yeah. wonderful uh, occasion at a camp that you and I were at. And, and we're talking like year 2000. Yeah, yeah. And a long time ago, uh, or maybe it was 2001. Whenever it was, you know, it was back when the world was young and so were we. And yeah. uh, and there was somebody that came out to the camp and they were, they actually, that's what they wanted to preach to the kids about. It wasn't mm-hmm. like the Trinity came out. The whole thing was on a Trinity. And he was talking about how Jesus is the true three in one. 
And people are asking, like, what about eggs? You know, what about uh, Aquafresh toothpaste? That was my favorite example. Aquafresh toothpaste. That was a fresh idea. And then uh, just, you know, all of these different things. And he was trying to explain it. And, like, you and I and and another uh, a friend of ours were just dying laughing and trying to – because, look, look. It's a it's a huge concept to uh, to wrap your head around, and as you said, it's just you know it's it's the road to heresy and overdrive. It really is it's, it's tricky. I think I'll put it in the maybe I'll put it in the comments down below. Uh, there's this wonderful video by this channel called Luthan Satire, and uh, they talk about uh, you know Saint Patrick is, is is near with these monks, and they're they're trying to uh, say, well, the the Trinity is kind of like a a three leaf clover, or it's kind of like water and gas and ice and then how all these things like you just it's there's a mystery to it you know that god is one hero like we we just looked at hero israel the lord our god the lord is one right he's one but he's also three and and, you know you've got you've got this picture of like god right that he's one and then you have this wonderful moment in the baptism of jesus where here's jesus the son of god who is himself god as we just said he's being baptized coming out of the water We've got the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. And then we have God the Father speaking. And then we have three separate parts moving here so that we have all three parts of the Trinity all on the scene. Like, I, like what an incredible thing. And yet they are all one. And that's that's the point of what we need to see here is that Jesus is making God known in making himself known. And, and the funny thing about it is, is that these first century Jews who love God and look, even the first century Pharisees who love God, right? This is what's so offensive to them. Because as you said, you know, they start every day. Uh, the Lord, our God is one. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus says, I am God. Well, that's now we're into two persons here. Yeah. And that's where it is deeply upsetting to them. And again, because of that, you know, it's easy to to pull heresy out of that uh, without proper understanding. Yeah, absolutely. And so again, this is Jesus saying, you know, what they're looking for, who they're trying to get at is God. And Jesus says, I am him and I am the way, which of course brings us to our next passage. Mm-hmm. Still in John, John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, uh, he's talking to Philip here. Philip says, you know, show us the father. And Jesus says, that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Right. Uh, that's, so that's right after. This is actually a response to Thomas, right? Oh, he says, you're right. Where we're going. And he says, like, he says, you know the way to where I'm going. That's Thomas right. Says, How can we know the way? We don't know where you're going. That's right. Thank you. Um, and so Jesus says to him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so, and and look, this is this is one of those very uh, memorable passages. And it's, it's funny to me because, you know, when you hear people argue, well, Jesus didn't say he was the only way, like Jesus doesn't claim to be exclusive. Yes, he does. Mm -hmm. Like, like that's like when people say that Jesus never claimed to be God. Like even this statement covers both those bases, honestly. That's right. Um, But he says, he doesn't say I am a way. And you can come through me if you don't go through one of the other spots. He says, I am the way. No one gets to the Father. I am. This is another thing that he says in here. I am. That's very intentional verbiage from Jesus. Absolutely. I am the way. I am who I am. 
and no one comes to the Father. I am the access. And, and, and that's the thing is like, you, you've got to get through Jesus because Jesus has the access. It, it kind of reminds me there was, it's kind of a happy accident. You know, I think that in preaching, you know, we try to craft illustrations and we try to make things work together. And sometimes just happenstance just falls into your lap. And uh, we were out at uh, Canoe Grove Christian Camp, uh, not this past summer, but the summer before. We always have a camp Sunday out there and it's a hoot. And, you know, but it's a bit of a chaotic uh, environment, right? Camp tends to be that way. And so, you know, while I'm preaching, you know, there's a group that's got the kids outside and it's hot and uh, they're just coming in to get a quick drink of water. And I'm talking about, you know, the privilege that it is for us to be able to, you know, access God at all. And as the kids are walking by, uh, my youngest son, Turner, you know, he turns, he sees me up at the front. And so he just shouts out right in the middle of the sermon, hi, dad. Right. So I turn, I say, hi, Turner. And, you know, everybody laughs and it's kind of a funny moment. And I said, now, look, I said, there's my son, Turner. And I'm up here. I'm doing a job. I'm preaching. And he just sees me and hollers out to me. All right. He calls out while I'm doing this because he's my son. Yeah. He has that kind of access. And I kind of tease the congregation. I said, you don't. Yeah, you, yeah. you don't get to stand up and sing out in the middle. Okay. I'll have you removed. And like, I have that kind of power. Well, you know what I mean? I do. Like, it's kind of this funny thing, but it really shows it well. Like that's my son mm -hmm. and my son, he has the access that's and, that's, right. and it's just kind of a, you know, on a small level, a picture of like, this is Jesus. This is God's son. He is the access to the father. You don't come except through that door. That's right. You think even to something as simple as the fact that like, there are kids that come through your door to your home that don't belong to you because they are friends. They have access through your children. There are kids that come to my house and, you know, I think I'm a fairly welcoming place, but the reason they don't get the, who are you? Why are you here? Is because they come with my daughter or they come right. with one of my sons. Like that is the access. And I, I'll often say too, because again, as you said earlier, people will be like, well, you know, Christianity makes this exclusive claim. First of all, most any spirituality or religion claims exclusivity. Right. Uh, Christianity gets singled out for it, but uh, for the most part, that's that's par for the course. And the other thing is this, is that in our self-focused heads, we think, well, like, I can't believe that there's only one way. And really, what you should say is, I can't believe there's a way. Right. We marvel that there's a way at all. Right. Not just that there's one way, but that there is a way, right? That that, and again, we'll talk about this when we talk about love. Like our access to God is unmerited. You know, it comes through Jesus. That's why he answers, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, right? No one comes to the Father except through me. And that's when, as you said, that's when Philip says, well, then just show us the Father. Just right. show us the Father and that'll be enough. And going back to what we were just talking about, he said, Philip, how can you say that? Yeah. If you've seen me, then you've seen the Father. Like that's... That's the whole thing. You know, there's a, a, a purpose of statement in John chapter 20 that basically says all these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the son of the living God, and that you may find life in his name. And that right. kind of brings us to uh, our last uh, scripture in Acts chapter 4. 
which says salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Yep. Verse 12. And it is, you know, that, that just says it very, very clearly. I mean, and this is, this is Paul now that he's like, Jesus has, has ascended and he's saying, look, there's salvation for no one else, right? It's only those who come by this door. That is Jesus Christ. There is no other name. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, it's this, it's this exclusive thing. And it, and it's hard for people because they think, oh, well, you know, that's, that's not fair. Well, we've talked about this before. Trust me, you, you could explore fair and you don't want it. Um, it. It doesn't work out well for you. But again, just it's even this idea, even in our finite, I mean, like I know there's a lot that is infinite that doesn't parlay into finite. Um, so all of our illustrations are imperfect. But, you know, you could say, oh, well, you know, like it, it, whatever road you take, it gets you there. And that's just not true. Right. You couldn't do that on your way home. And even if you say, oh, well, I can go home. I can go this way. I go that way. I can go whatever. It's like, yeah, but you're heading to the same homestead. That's right. Right. It's still it says your last name on the mailbox, no matter what road you took to get there. That's right. The The access point is is kind of like your driveway, so to speak. Right. You know what I mean? Like you can drive all over the planet if you want to, but you're still going to have to go through that driveway. That's right. Like you still you're still going to have to do it. And again, this is it's found in no one else. And look. Even as Christians, man, we can try, we, we say, well, yeah, like I've got Jesus, but I've also got like, you know, my position or money or this relationship or like all these other things that are kind of in my back pocket that are, that are going to get me there. And then Jesus is almost kind of like one of the keys that we're hoping might work if we need it, as opposed to all that we need. You know, it's funny that that's such a, it almost seems like a cliche thing to say. You know, I always remember Jamie McKay had a great song called Jesus is All You Need. Yeah. And, you know, it was a beautiful song. It's 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 easy to sing. And yet and you stand back and go, man, like, what if what if my life was like Job's? Like, if if you took everything else away from me, and I mean everything, is Jesus enough? And the answer is that he is. Mm. Right, and sometimes it's the blessings that God gives us that we 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 think that we're responsible for them or something, where they kind of almost kind of cloud our view and they get in the way. And so you look, go look back to something like this: that there's no other name. Salvation is found in no one else, and you could say it is found in nothing else. Yeah, it's just in Jesus. And that's how that's how important this stuff is, and this is why we got to be. This is why we're, we're talking about it. This is why we're doing this series uh, called Core 52 so that we can talk about these things and we can understand these things and we're not scared of them, but ready to talk about Jesus. And it's important to note, too, that this is talking about placing your life in the hands of Jesus, not just your afterlife. That's right. Right. That this salvation, it's like, you know, and we've talked about this before, but it just bears repeating. Okay. You if you haven't made him Lord, you haven't given him your life or afterlife or whatever it is. And what I'm saying is that it's not insurance. That's right. You don't just like acknowledge, hey, you're God. You're the Lord. Jesus is the way. Amen. Hallelujah. Splash down in the water. Pop back up. 
I've got that taken care of. And now I'll just go live my life however I want or at best or just full of debauchery at worst. Right. And you're just like, well, I've got this thing. And so, you know, if my own way and my own truth doesn't work out, well, hey, I've got Jesus. He's waiting in the wings, man. And he'll just swoop in, you know, if I want him and if I need him. And that's just not how it works. We've talked so much in this about living out your belief. And the person that lives that way does not believe. That's right. No matter what you say, right? Like you don't, you know, you don't believe it. Like it's, it's, you know, we talk, we've talked here at the corner a lot about the things that we value. Okay. We talk about our core values and a phrase that I'm sure my congregation is sick of is that you don't value something because you say you do. Right. Okay. You value it. If it proves to be valuable to you. That's right. right. And again, it will I've, always be demonstrated. Right. And I've always loved James McDonald broke this down in different ways that I always loved where he said, like, you know, you're not you're not saved because you say you are, right? Any more than than I'm a banana because I say I'm a banana, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, You're not saved because you know how to get saved any more than you're in Montreal because you know how to get there. Right. Right? Like our belief influences the way that we live. You know, like I believe that if I don't keep my house warm, it's going to be cold in there. So I keep it warm. You know what I mean? Like I believe that I'll be in the dark if I don't turn the lights on. So I turn the lights on. You know, that's, I, a weird, that's a weird flex at this particular point. Sorry, honestly. man. Sorry. Those of you in PEI, Nova Scotia and worldwide, I'm sure who are listening. But you know, like <laughs> I, I believe. Our Florida fans are, are upset right now. I, yeah, exactly. Right. Um, but, you know, I believe that when I go out and, you know, get in my van, it's going to take me. Uh, it's going to take me home. I believe it's going to get me there. And I, the evidence of that is in the way that I live. And the same thing is true. Like what, what you just said, like it, to say, like it's paying some fire insurance premium. It was like, well, there, that's a, because your insurance is just in case. Right. Right. This isn't is just in case it's true. We're, we're living out what we believe to be true. And we believe that salvation is found in no one else. And that's why, again, it, it's so important. We talk about Jesus. So that's important. right. This, this Jesus who is God because he came down and drew near to us, our incarnate God, the incarnation of Jesus Christ, 100% human, 100% God, first century Jew, Jesus. Suffered for us, died for us on the cross, rose again in resurrection power. It's not because of who we are, what we've done. It's because of who he is and what he's done. There might not be power on the island, man, but there's power in the blood. <laughs> absolutely absolutely that might be the button right there yeah i'd say i'd say you put a button on it there so why don't you let me uh pray us pray us out and uh, let's be sure and i'm sure you, you're probably going to anyway but let me just steal your thunder sure. uh, let's let's pray for those you know guys who are climbing the poles who are yes. getting things hooked up and listen i understand like not as not as recently as the folks i know in, in pei and nova scotia do right now but like it's frustrating waiting for power sure. you know, even without it 10 days or however long or more. And, but man, those guys, like they are working hard. And so let's pray, you know, let's give thanks for their good work and let's pray for their safety as they get everything put back Absolutely. together. All right. Well, let's pray. Uh, Lord God, as we come before you now, just even approaching uh, Thanksgiving mm-hmm. is with uh, Thanksgiving that we come before you, that uh, there are people who are restoring us, uh, with electricity, that there are people who are running uh, just around the clock, Father, for all the people 
in the you know the linemen and the linemen from away and the people in municipalities and the government lord everybody working hard just pray you bless those people that you would help them to be effective and just bless them for their work lord we are so thankful for them and thankful uh, that they can restore our electricity. Uh, but Father, even more, uh, we are thankful to a God who, while we were powerless, if I could say, Lord, uh, reached down in the person of Jesus Christ to uh, provide not a way, but the way. And Father, uh, we are just so thankful, uh, again, that there is a way that we can uh, know you and love you in a life-saving way and be not just saved by your son, Jesus, but that we can thrive in his name mm. and again, and belong, uh, Lord, belong to you and belong to your body, belong to a beautiful family. And God, I just pray uh, again, a prayer of thanks inside all those things that we would uh, worship Jesus Christ, the son, because of the sacrifice, the saving sacrifice that was given. Uh, it is in the name of, of Jesus Christ, our risen Lord, that we pray and give you thanks. Amen. Amen. Right on. Well, thanks again, Dan. Thank you to all of our listeners out there. And uh, look, I, I told them on Sunday, and I'll say again, you know, wherever you are, maybe you don't have electricity, but you can still live powerfully. So we encourage you to do that. Sounds good. Right on. All right. Well, until next time, uh, take care. <laughs>